In a quick roundup, here is all that Pauth Sadar loves. He loves taking on unique challenges, giving ideas a form, and fueling business growth. Specifically, he leverages his expertise in strategy, technology, and project management to help businesses reach unprecedented heights. Across four different ventures, two exits, and years of experience in entrepreneurship strategy, management, and building teams, he has solved unique and diverse business challenges, and that has become his passion. Let's chat with him in this episode about his entrepreneurial journey and his tips for young entrepreneurs out there. This is the Guiding Voice podcast series, the Guiding Voice for a Better Future. Friends, I'm your host, Navin Samala, just a fellow professional on a mission to make the world a better place to live. And through the Guiding Voice, we drive conversations that matter and conversations that add value to your life and to your career. Thank you so much for tuning in. And fourth, hearty welcome to the Guiding Voice. I'm super excited to have you today. Thank you for having me, Naveen. It's a pleasure to be on. I hope this is going to be a good conversation with a lot of value for the listener. Absolutely. And Faud, um, this is an initiative which I have recently took up in terms of connecting people from different countries, all the entrepreneurs and leaders. And uh, you are from Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. Right? Um, yeah, I'm actually from Lebanon, but I, I've spent most of my professional career in Saudi Arabia, yes. Okay. And what is it like? Uh, how is it doing business in Saudi Arabia? And in case if you have any insights to share about Lebanon also, you can share so that our audience get a perspective of culture about those two places. Sure. I think uh, doing business in Saudi Arabia was uh, not the easiest thing or not the easiest place to start businesses in especially for expats. Uh, but it has uh, become much easier over the years. And more recently, there's been a lot of support for entrepreneurs and the built-up of a very strong entrepreneurial ecosystem. There have been a rise in incubators. There's a rise in venture capital financing. And very recently, that's about five days ago, uh, the kingdom announced the formation of four special economic zones. These are going to be sort of like free zones where setting up a company is going to be very fast, fast track, very easy, um, it purposely made to attract new business owners to Saudi Arabia. So it's uh, it's the place to be right now. Yeah, I, I think it is good to see all the countries opening up, uh, people from different countries, different nationalities and opening up the businesses and supporting them to support the global entrepreneurship. So I think we are in the exciting times. We are living in the exciting times, uh, right? Yes, so, indeed. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. Now, I'm, let's get into our conversation. And I'm really, really curious to learn from you the top three things that I've attributed to your success so far, right? Yeah, well, I think the, the, the first and biggest one would be uh, self-learning. So reading in general was the main key to to my success because it enabled me to dive into the nuances of new industries industries that I was entering as an outsider and very quickly learn about these industries and find the tools that I need and apply the tools that I need to make uh, the business a success and make clients happy ultimately and so I would attribute a lot of it to 
to the ability to learn um, through reading and other resources, which are more available right now. Back in the day, it was mostly books, books and academic papers. And I think the the two other uh, points would be a growth mindset. So the belief that, you know, you're you're not good at things, but you can learn and you can get better. And, you know, that you're always going to be a beginner when you enter into something new. And so uh, that also fueled my success because I was not afraid of being a, a newcomer who did not know much. I was not afraid of asking questions. Yeah. I was not mm-hmm. afraid of being the person who knew, knew the least in the room. Mm. And and when you're when you have the courage to uh, and the humility to to admit that you don't know a lot, yeah. then you you'll be open to learning. The third point would be a bias to action. You could have great ideas, you could have a lot of good knowledge, but if you don't take a step forward and do something with that knowledge, even if these were smaller steps initially, you won't achieve much. So I wasn't afraid to take a jump and move forward into you know some somehow into the unknown great points and especially the growth mindset aspect like uh, many times we get into a room wherein rest all kind of less knowledgeable to us but it is said that you should be the person who knows very little or less that's how we grow i think that is yes. a profound statement that you made and let's uh, talk about your uh, lessons learned as an entrepreneur some of the toughest obstacles that you come across which you did not anticipate before embarking on your startup journey and how did you overcome them sure sure well i think the the biggest lesson that came to me a little bit as a shock because of my you know naivete perhaps because i was young was that money changes people you know it attracts an opportunistic crowd and it magnifies the worst in people, unfortunately, you know. And so it very quickly creates conflict, especially between partners. And so, you know, my, my first business ventures were not structured in a way that anticipated such trouble coming down the road. So no decent shareholder agreement, no vesting agreements, and and all that. And these are, you know, very rookie-ish kind of mistakes but if you you know if it, they could become quite expensive mm. down the run yeah. down the road yeah so um so i think these were the main that was the main shock you know um dealing with people's nature and somehow understanding that you know there are people who are who are willing to do anything for money yeah. uh, uh and uh, uh, and you're going to have to deal with that as part of life, you know. And so once you make peace with the idea that life is in a way not fair and, you know, you accept the rules of human nature and you deal with business the way it is, you know, you don't yeah. try to to change it to a, a kind of a fairy tale uh, scenario, uh, you become tougher. And mm-hmm. you learn to deal with these things as they come. Yeah. So overcoming these challenges just took time. It took time. It took self-work. You know, mm-hmm. that's uh, that was the main thing. Yeah. It, it happens, especially when um, there are two or three startup founders and uh, getting into a venture together. But not the moment we start seeing money, I think 
people change colors. I think that's a very important point which you have highlighted. Now let's uh, move ahead, Paul. And can you discuss? Yeah, and I'll, I'll add to yeah. that. I'll yeah. add one thing to that. That you know, when you're working hard on something you care about, mm-hmm. you really start not noticing any any difference in effort yeah. or passion between the partners. So if there is one guy who's just enjoying the ride, you know, and you know, uh, not doing much work, and yeah. the majority of the work is being taken care of by one or two other members. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It becomes unfair, and if you don't have the the uh, the articles in your agreements to anticipate yeah. such scenarios and deal with them, mm-hmm. then you know it's it's going to be uh, very painful for everyone. Absolutely, I, I concur with you because uh, this person is sharing or taking the lion's share of work, and whereas others who may not be contributing at this level, but still. The stake is equal, which is unfair. I think we yes. have to have those kind of classes included. Yeah, yes, makes sense. Indeed. Yeah. Now, can you also discuss the current economic landscape and how it presents unique opportunities for entrepreneurs? Yeah. Well, I think we're we're at the time of recording this. It looks like we're going into a recession. Yeah. Okay. And it's been anticipated for quite some time. Uh, uh, a lot of countries are tightening their belts. There's a a big sh- at the same time, on the global level, if we look at things down the road a decade or two from now, there's a rise in a challenging power that is China and uh, the BRICS nations uh, as well, challenging the you know the the primary role of the U.S. as the world leader. So these things are going to introduce new economic dynamics. Uh, we don't know how these are going to roll out, but some things will change. But I think in these uh, times, the incumbent is always challenged. And so when when things get tough economically, companies are willing to give a shot to the smaller guy. They're willing to go for the, uh, for the new startup that, let's say, is more cost-effective or provides a solution that could optimize their operations. They're more open-minded. They're more willing to do things differently. And so for startup founders, for small business founders, these are great times. These are also great times, generally speaking, because of how easy it is to build businesses, how easy it is to test out ideas, right? You know, you don't have to do much to test your hypothesis these days. You know, you can set up an Instagram page, uh, a cheap website, and in two, three days, you can try checking it out if you can get customers, if you can get clients for for a service you're providing. Uh, You know, you can set up a Shopify store in a matter of uh, hours and and you can start selling products. You You can source things internationally. Uh, you know, you'll find services to to cater for almost everything you need. Twenty years ago, people were still sending faxes. You know, yeah. it would take you five or six days to get a response from someone. You know, there yeah. wasn't no instant messages. Our meeting today was only would have only been possible with expensive equipment and an in person meeting. So it would have cost what. Six, seven thousand dollars of business travel expenses and you know a studio setup and all that, right? Mm, and yeah. and we get to do that now uh without all that overhead. So yeah, 
young people need to realize how fortunate they are to have these devices in their hands and to have access to these to these global services right yeah and because of because of that and uh, perhaps some shuffling throughout the global economies there are a lot of opportunities if you're willing to look for them and if you're willing to you know to t- take some risk experiment yeah. you know yeah. that's my advice you know yeah and and it is easy to uh, really pivot and pilot something these days compared to what it was 10 years ago versus 15 years ago and as you rightly mentioned we can do a quick uh, pulse check on whether whether some product yeah. is going to hit or whether it is really going to make big or not we will get to know and yeah that's a great uh, point and now let's also talk about the examples of the industries as well as the niches that are ripe for distribution and growth because you have a broad macro economic perspective of how the world economy is shaping and i'm sure you might have studied about various industries and niches as yes. well so would you like to share about that well i think there's a lot of disruption coming toward uh industries that are you know that have not been making many changes for years and i believe the the biggest shift that we're going to see soon is going to be in education that's mostly because of the uh the shocking development of ai and you know yeah. the everybody in, in academia is going nuts right now they don't know what to do with chat gpt everybody is confused they don't know what they're going to do about their testing and assessment methods and all that and so and which is in a way good right because if you're if you're valuing what navin can do as a professional yeah. just based on let's say three papers here and there and some grades how valuable is that to the business world how valuable is that to an employer is it a decent enough assessment yeah. of capabilities and so if you're coming in these sort of industries assessments in general in in, in a new uh, shape or form this could be a very interesting niche other industries that are going to be challenged are things like construction um you know mm-hmm. the classic industries that haven't changed much for years you know with the with the development of of robotics of 3d printing and all that you could anticipate seeing a lot of changes but in general what i would say that there's opportunity in every industry i see my focus is on the industries that i've worked on and that's why i mentioned these as examples mm-hmm. but if you work in an industry if you study it long enough if you spend time there you're going to start not seeing problems yeah problems that are being ignored largely by everyone else mm. and if you focus on these problems and if these pain pain points are strong enough that they merit you know an investment from the the stakeholders involved then you're going to find a great economic opportunity it yeah. might be as simple as starting a small consulting practice you know to set up to set up let's say erp software and stuff like that for a specific niche and it could be as big as setting up you know the next uh, flipkart or next uh, airbnb yeah uh, a venture scale startup so hmm. yeah i think yeah ai is going to disrupt for sure so is the case with robotics and uh, 3d printing so 
we have to wait and watch how next uh, two to five years are going to transform our lives and also oh, the yes, job are, market as well. <laughs> definitely, definitely. These are going to be interesting times. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And uh, let's move uh, forward, uh, Paul. Can you also sure. discuss the challenges as well as advantages that the younger people face when starting a business? Because nowadays every country is trying to make the setting up of business seamless as you mentioned during the beginning of our conversation yes. and similarly i'm from hyderabad and hyderabad has become the second silicon valley of india after bangalore and after uh, bangalore, yes, likewise yes. E- even tier 3 4 cities in uh, india are also competing to attract a lot of talent and also attract investors right and they're trying to make the ease of doing business much easier yes Right. Yes. So, in the, so this is some interesting time. So, what are the advantages as well as what are some of the challenges that the younger people will face? Well, I think the main advantages that young people have is that they're, uh, you know, technology natives. They were born with laptops and and cell phones in their hands, and they have access and comfort with these technologies. Uh, and they come at times, as you've mentioned. that ease of doing business is extremely extremely high it's at the highest it's ever been everywhere uh you can set up a company in india in a matter of days as i've heard right now yeah and you can and 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 i remember india being particularly challenging when it came to setting up new businesses mm. maybe a decade ago yeah so a lot of paperwork a lot of places to go through a lot of departments and all that and that has been you know sorted Yeah and and when it comes to even setting up an international company let's say you want to set up a company in the US or for some reason you could do that online in a day right now you know yeah. using services like firstbase or stripe atlas and they can take care of everything for you from setting up the company to your address to taxation and all that and so these are really options that most even large corporations didn't have 20 years ago. Mm, yeah. They needed to deal with you know law firms and they needed to spend a lot of money to to do stuff like that. And then you have the the more important part even than than uh than setting up a business in uh, in my opinion is distribution. You know, your reach, your ability yeah. to reach people is unprecedented. Mm-hmm. You could sell your product or your service from Hyderabad to Australia, Sydney, uh, San Francisco, America, Dubai, Riyadh, anywhere in the world with very little effort using your, you know, usual social media channel, channels, uh ads, even services like podcasts and 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 whatnot, right? Yeah. And so you have access as young people now, you have access to the market of the whole world, you know, here the whole globe is your market. And if you're smart enough, and patient enough and willing to experiment you could access these markets mm. now in terms of uh, challenges there are you know there are always going to be challenges no matter what you do and perhaps the the, the biggest challenge i per, i perceive of this day is the ease of wasting time you know uh. you have there are so many things in front of you and you know and on these devices that we mentioned and 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 on other ways as well right you know you yeah. have uh, your phone in your hand you have yeah. 
people who are into gaming, PS4, PS5, and, and all that. And it's super easy, you know, to to binge on five, six episodes of Netflix and browse TikTok for three hours mm. and all that. Yeah. And everything is fine in moderation. You know, I'm not suggesting radically removing everything yeah. from your phone and dumping the whole routine, but building a business is hard work and you have limited time and limited energy. If you want to build something, you're not going to be able to spend, you know, six, uh, six hours or, or even more wasting time over a phone. If you want to, if you want, if you, even if you're in college and if let's say, you know, you're taking a computer science track or engineering track, and if, if you truly want to build out a strong portfolio and come out of college ready for a job, do you, you, you need to spend time building apps, writing code, exploring, uh, exploring concepts, reading books and all that. You won't be able to do that at the level necessary to compete if you're wasting all that time. So I think that's the biggest challenge anybody will will meet. And you know, if if our listeners are wondering about solutions for that, I would recommend reading Deep Work by Cal Newport. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a it's a book that you know dives deeply into that. Even yeah. watching, you know, a, a YouTube or TED talk about it, you know, would be fine. I I I think he has a few videos on that. So. Yeah. I, I think yeah, deep work. Uh, I've read the abstract of it. It is so compelling and it has some actionable insights. And as you rightly mentioned, we are in the digital era and people are surrounded by too many devices and every device is so attractive. It raises that dopamine factor and uh, the moment you get into yes. it, we Open that with the intent of uh, checking something, but we easily get distracted, right? And then spend enormous amount of time and uh, unknowingly we waste a lot of time. Yeah, I think that's a challenging situation for sure. Let's assume somebody is... uh, Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, I'd like to add one thing. What most people don't know Mm, that these companies in silicon valley mm. like instagram when it was you know still instagram yeah. not facebook and then facebook and you know uh youtube team mm. at google and all that they've hired some of the best minds some mm. of the best phds in the world in human behavior in neuroscience in psychology to figure out how to make you spend more time on <laughs> their apps yeah. you know and so if, if that's what they're doing, you need to think twice about using these apps. Absolutely. And on that note, I would like to recommend one book I think I've mentioned in one of the previous episodes also. This is a book called Indistractable, How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life. So because first and foremost thing is we have to disable notifications on all the apps. <laughs> right? Yeah, because yeah, the moment definitely. you get a ring or ding, <laughs> you just go and access that. Uh, one other thing, what I diligently follow is I don't open my phone until I get ready in the morning. And also, I try to shut it down at least one to one and a half hour before I go to bed. That way, we can at least uh, stay focused. Yeah, good good yeah. point. Uh, yeah. Paul. Now, let's uh, t- talk about the next question. It's more on somebody's really charged up and they wanted to take this leap of entrepreneurial journey. And how can they embark on it? Well, I would say start small. Take mm. take the easiest, shortest, smallest step that you can you have in front of you to to move forward. 
Mm. Uh, if it's you know, if it's if you're in college, you know, don't drop college. Uh, just test something out. Build an app. Build a website. Try to sell that service. Do some pre- freelancing on platforms like Upwork, Freelancer, etc. And and test these ideas out, no matter what they are. Don't you know if you're if you have a job, use that as as leverage to test out your ideas, to build experience, and to build a solid network, to build your reputation as someone who's dependable, as somebody who can deliver, and that's extremely valuable in the in the job market and in the professional world. If you're trying to raise money or anything else, or if you're trying mm. to find customers. So yeah, I would say you know test things out, uh, do it very often, and do it with the smallest step you can you can see in front of you, but do it now. Yeah, excellent. And that that brings me to my next question. This is more on the resilience and persistence because those are very important, especially in the entrepreneurial journey. Because people think everything is rosy, but we suddenly come across sudden setbacks, and it should not. Uh, take you back to square one or zero but how do we really demonstrate resilience and persistence and come back well i would say entrepreneurship is very difficult that's mm. you know that's a warning i want to give to people it's yeah. extremely challenging it's mentally draining uh, it's a tough thing and so you need to go into it with the expectation that things are not going to be rosy and things are going to be tough uh it is a place where you know you're going to have self doubt on a daily basis no matter who you are elon musk the richest man in the world today still discusses self doubt and talking about you know the the mental challenges of entrepreneurship so that's that's a, a warning to to heed so i think the most important thing to realize is that you're going to face challenges in life no matter what you do even if you don't do anything you're still going to face challenges and if you're if you want to do something worthwhile if you want to build a business if you want to build a personal pr- practice if you want to be very good at your job if you want to build a career that's that people are going to respect you have to go through tough things you know you have to take on tough projects and yeah. you have to do some tough learning and it's not going to be easy and so once you accept that you know you're you, that's the first step of building resilience you know mm-hmm. uh, there, there's a lot of self work to be done yep. there's a lot of uh you know self psychology to be done and uh, the key to that i think is uh accepting that you cannot um control results so just fo- focus on the thing on which you have control if you know well you know to to get let's say you know you you, you're starting a business you're trying to get customers you cannot control the process of getting the customer to say yes but what you can control is the number of customers you call the number of people you send emails to um, you know the uh, speed on which you send out these proposals these are things that are within your control so these should be your KPIs. Focus on the things you can control, and then the rest will follow. Yeah, I, I think that's an excellent advice. Like uh, because many times people focus on things that they cannot control and worry too much about it. But 
if we start focusing on things that we can control then we can really check out the action plan and move forward one step closer to our target absolutely definitely great definitely yeah one thing i'd add is this you know let's say you're trying you know you're a young guy who just or young girl who just got out of college and you're trying to find a job mm. you know the, uh, the 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 thing i always hear is that nobody's hiring me i sent so many cvs and nobody's responding well really how many how many applications did you make yeah. was it 5 or 500 <laughs> if you just do 5 a day right over 100 days these yeah. are 500 applications if you yeah. do them diligently and mm. if you're improving every time and you're writing decent cover letters and learning mm. about these companies and you know sending out the best you can do there's very little chance that you're not going to get a job yeah yeah perfect this is great all this is such an enlightening and enchanting conversation let's also add some spice to the episode i'm going to kick off a quick rapid fire round sure. with some interesting questions <laughs> okay perfect let's, yeah let's let's get started and this is again just an attempt to let our audience know the other side beyond entrepreneurship it's a little bit of your personal side that's the whole intent let me of course the, <laughs> let me fire the first bullet both if you could have one gigantic billboard anywhere with anything on it what would it say would say be not afraid be not afraid and with your picture on it <laughs> no <laughs> okay <laughs> okay moving to the next one if you were to have lunch or dinner with someone dead or alive who would it be warren buffett warren buffett mm i think uh, <laughs> the most uh, uh, or highly person on highly high high demand <laughs> oh yes i definitely want to get some of his stock buying advice <laughs> <laughs> yeah good one and wish you all the best and uh, can you describe yourself in just one word courageous courageous super and what is the weirdest thing that you have ever eaten so far oh that's a tough one you know i don't know a lot of animal parts <laughs> so I, i wouldn't i wouldn't know where to where to go yeah fair enough <laughs> let me move to the next one given a chance to choose between invisibility versus super strength which one would you choose and what would you do after gaining that invisibility okay uh what would i do you know i would silently go and change a lot of things in a lot of places around the world Yeah. Because you know I'd rather you know I'd rather not be known. Uh, it's it's better to be invisible uh, than uh, than to have superpowers in my in my opinion. Good one. <laughs> okay, with that let's uh, find the last bullet. What is one electronic gadget that you would like to see or invent yourself? Oh, an accurate pocket-sized like lie detector or like an app that is an accurate <laughs> lie detector. Is you know as we mentioned earlier in the episode human nature you know, yeah. people lie you know and mm. if you could come down to the truth a lot of things would be better around the world and in business you know you would cut a lot of the crap you know if you don't mind me saying if if people just knew who's being honest who's who's not yeah that would be another major Uh, hit product in the market for sure <laughs> good one pawn and let's well, with, with ai you know you never know it might be here in 6 months in 6 months yeah, yeah. <laughs> true yeah. 
Now let's flip back to the mainstream. And can you discuss the ways that starting and running a business can transform a person's life, and also probably share a few steps to get started today? I think the the thing that most people realize is so it's common knowledge. It's freedom. You know, if you run your own business, you set your own rules uh, to a certain extent. You could you know, work anytime you want, you can travel anytime you want, and you can uh, refuse or accept to work with whoever you want. So you could, you know, you could, in a, in a way, set up your professional life uh, to your liking. But that being said, it's not easy. It's yeah. not like um, it's going to happen in a day or two. Um, it'll also transform how you think about the world, right? You know, how you think about um, government, how you think about public office and all that, it's very easy to criticize, you know, as an employee, as a citizen, it's very easy to criticize governments. It's very easy to criticize, you know, your local municipality, your boss, business you work at and all that. But when you're running a small country per se, you know, mm -hmm. if your company is, you know, as this small institution that represents uh, a tiny, tiny portion of what it would be to run something much larger. Yeah. Um, you realize how tough things are. Mm. You realize how much effort and work it mm. takes to make the smallest changes. And then when you put that into comparison with the macro world mm -hmm. and how, you know, let's say what it would take to, to run a, uh, a country with over a billion people like India, then yeah. you have a lot of respect and, and humility for, you know, the people who are doing that and and why things are that way. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, tough challenges need a lot of time, a lot of people, etc. So, yeah, uh, what advice I would take? Well, you know, I just spent three weeks in India last year. So I, I want to give some advice, particularly to the listeners from India. Um. I spent some time in, you know, across uh, Mumbai, Bangalore. Um, I went to Pune, to uh, to Baroda as well. And I found that there are passionate people yeah. everywhere and small hubs, small entrepreneurship or business hubs forming everywhere uh, in every uh corner of India. I've met a lot of people from across India as well. I've had good conversations with them. Mm -hmm. And and so the opportunities are unbelievable right now. Yeah. You know. Um also India has a fair number of challenges, you know, yeah. a lot of challenges. It's in my opinion, a challenge of the many. You know, when yeah. you have a country that has a billion people in its population, it's very, very difficult to uh provide for all of them. But that also introduces opportunities. <laughs> There are there are a lot of gaps there. There's a lot to be done, and there's a thriving supporting ecosystem uh, in India, across India, in all states. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, my advice would be to start small, start local. Yeah. And uh, forget about being creative. Sometimes it's okay looking at what's happening in other places around the world and trying to adapt that solution to your own local problems. 
and that could provide you with great insights. You can get creative down the road as you improve your offering, as you deal with your customers, and as you, you know, as you pivot and shape your service or your company to what it needs to be for for the uh, for the su- subset of problems you have uh, locally. Uh, for the global listener, you know, I would say the same thing. Like, uh, I'm sure you live in a place where there are where there's a thriving ecosystem for entrepreneurship now as well, because everyone I talk to anywhere around the world, there's something going on supporting, uh, uh, you know, entrepreneurship. So don't be afraid to learn. Don't be afraid to test things out. Start small, start young. Um, if you if you start a small, uh, you know, Shopify store or e-commerce store, it will help you build up confidence. If you start mm-hmm. a podcast, if you start a YouTube channel, you know, publish a hundred videos, it will shape how you think about the world and yeah. entrepreneurship in general. And so that would be my advice. Experiment, learn, don't be afraid to ask questions. Hmm. Experiment, learn, and don't be afraid to ask questions. Overall, be curious. Yes, be curious. Hmm. Awesome. Excellent uh, conversation. And I loved every bit of it, Ford. And uh, before you uh, before you leave this episode, and are there any closing thoughts that you'd like to share, especially on how has been your experience being featured are hosted on the Guiding Voice platform. Well, it's a it's a real honor to be here. I'm uh, very happy to have the chance to share some of my experience and insights with your listeners. I hope this brings value and encouragement to the people who are just waiting to take the next step, whether it's in their career or in their next business venture. Absolutely, I think these are all actionable and very powerful insights. And uh, thank you once again, Faud, for joining me today and i thank you for having me sincerely appreciate your time as well as all the wonderful insights and i appreciate your time as well thank you so that was our episode with paul sadar and friends before we move into the trivia section here is a request to you please subscribe to us in case if you haven't done already if you are listening to this episode on spotify or apple podcast request you to follow and if possible leave us a rating or review so that it will help us reach wider audience also if you have loved the conversation and found it useful please share with at least three of your friends or colleagues who can benefit from the guiding voice thank you so much in advance now let's cruise into the trivia segment so today we had wonderful conversation with Faud on entrepreneurship do's and don'ts advantages and how the entire ecosystem how the economic landscape is looking like i thought i would present about two top business leaders so one is mr richard branson who is the owner of uh, Virgin Group and uh, he has a net worth of uh, $5.1 billion. In fact, he dropped out of school when he was 16 due to severe dyslexia. And at 22, he launched Virgin Records with a recording studio. At 32, he entered the airline industry and today he owns shares in over 500 companies. Uh, Next is the most popular Mark Zuckerberg, founder of Facebook, who has a net worth of $73.4 billion as per the time of recording and he created his first program Zucknet at the age 12 to help his dad at his dental office and during his time at Harvard he built Course Match and he invented FaceMash and the Facebook was renamed later to Facebook. 
so these are two inspiring entrepreneurs and likewise you might have come across many other entrepreneurs especially the not so famous entrepreneurs in case if you have come across any not so famous entrepreneurs please share about their success story in the form of comments if you are watching it on youtube or if you have found this episode on social media please feel free to comment there that's all for today thank you so much for joining me and folks do not forget to share your topic recommendations and speaker suggestions through social media or email me at the guiding voice for you at gmail.com i'm your host navin samala just a fellow professional and a passionate learner on a mission to make the world a better place to live through conversations that matter and conversations that add value to your life and to your career until next time bye bye signing off for now see you all in the next episode with another wonderful guest